0: Welcome to the Power in Motion podcast, the show for women who want to develop a kinder relationship with their body, so you can feel healthy, happy, and confident without restricting food, doing torturous exercise, or constantly worrying about the number on the scale. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, size-inclusive fitness specialist and certified non-diet health and life coach specializing in body image. This podcast is here to provide weight-neutral, health-at-every-size-aligned information and coaching on sustainable habits and mindset shifts so you can feel your very best in the body you have right now. Let's lace up our runners and go for a walk while we chat. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Joyful Movement Show. This is episode thirty-seven, and today I've got a really quick and easily digestible episode for you. I'm trying to keep these summer episodes brief when we're when it's just me chatting to you. Um, on alternate weeks, we'll have interviews, and they might be a little longer. But these uh, alternate weeks, when it's just me chatting, we're going to keep them short because I know we're all busy doing fun stuff, myself included. So we're going to keep things short and sweet. Uh, today, I'm answering a question from a listener that I think will help all of you. She's asked, is planning your workouts or your movement sessions compatible with intuitive movement or is it one or the other? She says, I hear you talking about tuning into your body and listening to your body's cues, but I kind of like having a plan. Like without one, I really have no idea what to do. And I think that's such a great question. And I know that she's not alone in that concern. It might even surprise you to hear that I like having a plan for my movement sessions too, but more on that in a little bit. But I think there's a couple of reasons why we come up blank when we're trying to think about how to move on any particular day. One, we can kind of get stuck in a rut with certain ways that we like to exercise and forget that there's oodles and oodles of options available to us. Or two, we're simply not that experienced with movement yet, and we're not sure how to achieve that feeling that we've decided we're chasing on any given day. Or it could be that we like to have a trainer or an instructor guide us and tell us what to do, and that's not a bad thing at all. It just can leave us a little lost if we aren't able to get to our usual class or we have to fend for ourselves for some reason, and I understand that. I have experienced this myself. So there's a couple of things to dig into around planning your movement sessions. And as usual, it's all about your mindset and your intention around the plan. It's interesting that our brain likes to go into all or nothing thinking about this as it does with most things in fitness. Like either we're very intuitive, go with the flow type, no structure, just winging it, doing what feels good. Or we're a rigid planner with our whole week of workouts planned right down to the rep. It seems to be it's one or the other and there's no middle ground, but I got good news for you. There is a middle ground. It just might take a bit of shift in your thinking about why and how you plan. So if you're someone who currently plans your movement sessions, I'd really like you to think about what your objective is behind that. I'll give you a personal example from my life. In my past, I scheduled my workouts specifically to make sure I was getting the right Quote, type of an amount of activities to achieve my weight loss or my athletic performance goals. When I was training for physique specifically, I had weightlifting sessions all scheduled out. I had leg day, I had arm day, back and chest day, and it was all evenly split up throughout the week with HIIT cardio sessions in between, all perfectly planned out with the intention of burning a set number of calories and working a specific muscle group in such a way to get the desired look that I was after. And then on the other hand, when I was training for my marathon, I had a very rigid running plan that included one long run a week and a couple of speed workouts, a hill workout, and then one or two strength or core workouts in there too, to keep my legs and core muscles strong. So sticking to the plan in both cases was in my mind, the one and only way to achieve my goal. Missing a workout meant that I would not be successful and I'd have to find some way to make it up. And while we're talking about planning our workouts or our movement sessions, the same principle applies to meal planning as well. And I had the same kind of relationship to planning my meals back then too. My meals were planned with such precision that I could ensure I had the proper amount of calories and macronutrients to support my training and lose or maintain my weight. It was not kidding, a half day job just to do up the meal plan. And then I'd spend a good chunk of my Sunday preparing the food so that I would have no excuse not to eat it. I thought that I was setting myself up for success um, so I wouldn't have to stress if I didn't have time to cook and I wouldn't have to fall victim to my cravings. I put that in air quotes. Um, If I wanted something else, I had no choice but to eat the food that was made. And let's not forget that if something came along and threw a wrench in my plan, like a dinner out or a missed workout, the food or the workout plan would have to be adjusted accordingly. So if I ate something off plan, I'd have to throw in an extra workout on my rest day. Or if I skipped a workout because I was tired, then I'd have to eliminate my cheat meal. It was a bit obsessive. Yeah, I'm sure you're hearing that as you're listening to the story. And it was definitely fear-based planning rooted in control and needing to ensure that I was doing everything right so that I would meet my goals. Or at least if I didn't meet my goals, I couldn't blame myself because I did everything right. But that's kind of a whole other story. So if this sounds like you and how you engage with planning, then I would definitely encourage you to dig into your mindset and your thoughts around that. What's your intention behind such a rigid plan? How does it serve you? And how does it make you feel? I always go back to that question and this is the question I ask myself still and I encourage my clients to ask anytime they're wondering if a goal or an action is serving them. And the question is, am I doing this action to fix myself or to support myself to grow? I call this the litmus test to know that if you're acting out of fear or love, So back to this listener's original question, is planning compatible with intuitive movement? Well, yeah, absolutely. If it serves you and supports yourself to grow and feel your very best. But if it makes you feel confined, controlled, anxious, or resentful, then there's some work to be done on your mindset. And the solution to this is what I call intuitive planning. I think I made that term up, but it really should be a thing. And this is how I teach my clients inside my program, Discover Joyful Movement, to structure their movement sessions. It's the perfect blend of having some structure and ensuring that you continue to progress towards your goals while maintaining some flexibility and grace for you to listen to your body. So there's four simple steps that I teach them to follow. And the first is to set real life goals for yourself. We talked about this back in episode 33, um, the episode called where to start if you've been avoiding exercise. Part of the process when I work with my clients is to dig into what you want from your movement sessions. Like what in your life right now is currently challenging that you're looking to movement to help you with. I'll tell you my current real life goals. I want to build overall strength in my body to support my back and knees, which sometimes hurt. And I want to improve my lung capacity and my cardio conditioning so that I can keep up with my friends on long bike rides. And also to get up the darn stairs from our beach. I live in a beach town and there is a long flight of, I think, eight, eight flights of stairs that go down to the beach. And coming up from there is not fun. So improving my cardio capacity so that I can get up those stairs without wanting to (laughs) die is, is a real life goal that I'm working on myself right now. So step two is to figure out what types of movement are going to help you achieve your goals for me to build strength. I need to do some strength training. I've chosen to do some weightlifting, but there's certainly other ways to build strength if that's not your jam. Um, And to improve my lung capacity and cardio conditioning, I can run, I can do spin classes, I can swim, or I can just walk up those stairs more regularly until it becomes easier. There's abundant options. So it's just a matter of choosing things that I like that align with my goals. I teach my clients to build what I call a movement toolkit full of activity options that they can choose from. And that's, we're going to talk more about that in a future episode. So stay tuned for that. Step three in your intuitive planning process is to schedule it in. So decide on how much movement you can realistically commit to and block the time off in your calendar. Consider it self-care time and the time itself is not negotiable. This is the part of the plan that is set in stone. No matter what, you're going to take that bit of time to look after yourself and your body because you deserve it. However, that leads into step four, which is to make sure that there's room for flexibility in the plan. This is where you check in with yourself each day to see how you're feeling before each movement session and decide if the plan you've set is going to work for you. If not, it's totally okay to change the plan. You can pick a different activity. You can modify the activity. You can swap one day's plan for another. You can rest Whatever works, and there's no guilt about it. That's what intuitive planning is all about. If, you, if your body is telling you that it needs rest, you can choose to take a walk. You can stay in bed. You can meditate if that's what your body needs. But the, that self-care time is still carved out, and you're using that time to do something for yourself. So when we plan this way, we know that our movement time is non-negotiable not because we need to burn or earn anything, but because it's self-care time that we've set aside to look after ourselves and our body. And we have an idea of what we want to work on to achieve our real life goals. So that structure and direction is there, but the top priority is always to honor where our body is at today and making choices that are in alignment with that. And back to the meal planning idea, because I know we touched on it earlier, you can apply that same strategy to meal planning. I still plan my meals. However, it has nothing to do with getting my calories or my macros right. It's purely an organizational tool I use to save my sanity throughout the week. There is nothing worse than having six hungry people ask what's for supper and me having no idea what I'm going to make. So meal planning now is about looking at everyone's schedule, figuring out where we're all going and what we have time for, and making sure there's something on the menu that everyone will enjoy, at least most of the time, and also a way to make sure that I use up ingredients in my fridge. So that's how I tend to engage with meal plan these days. Again, it just all comes back to that question I mentioned earlier. Am I doing this to fix myself or to support my growth. So for me, in my case, having that that bit of a plan and direction allows me the structure I need to know that I'm making progress steadily towards my goals, but also releases me from the confinement and the anxiety of things being rigidly planned out with no freedom to listen to my body. So I hope that that's helpful to you and it's given you some strategies and some food for thought and getting you thinking about how you might engage with planning your movement and your and your meals in a more intuitive way that supports you rather than controls you. Thank you so much, as always, for hanging out with me here today. And if you have questions about moving for joy or ditching diet culture, by all means, send them my way. Someone else likely has the same question as you, and I'd love to answer it on a future show. So you can email me through my website, or you can DM me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at Radiant Vitality Wellness, and my website is www.radiantvitality.ca. And if you're curious about this process, that i use with my clients inside discover joyful movement then i encourage you to check that out on my website and if it feels like something that would help you with your relationship with movement then book a call and we'll chat about it and what working together might look like i'll see you back here next monday for more non-diet motivation and in the meantime here's to your radiant vitality thanks for tuning into the power in motion podcast today If you love what you're learning here, then I invite you to take the next step of embodying these concepts into your own life so that you can live your healthiest, happiest life and never again feel held back by your body. Coaching is the fastest, most efficient pathway to taking what you know in your head to actually applying it and seeing results. Whether you're looking to make changes around movement, food, body image, or all three, I'm here to help you nurture a kind, respectful and trusting relationship with your body so you can feel your very best click the link in the show notes to book a free consultation and together we'll uncover what's getting in the way of you having the results you want you'll leave this call knowing exactly what you need to work on and together we'll explore whether one of my coaching offers is a good fit for you I can't wait to meet you